Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Diana Rose, our guest today, is a psychic psychic medium, a Reiki and Sacum master of the healing arts, and a classically trained homeopath. Her clairaudient and telepathic abilities are profound, and she uses those skills while writing. Telepathy means that she can chat away with source in an uninhibited manner, and that comes through in her writings. Her, her newest book, Lannis and Gaia, which is subtitled Magic, Reincarnation, COVID, and Earth Healing, Earth Healing Today is what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to go anywhere, I hope. So welcome to the show, Diana. I'm so glad to have you here, and I'm looking forward to wandering through everything you've asked Source about. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much for um, asking me onto the show. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. And, And your book, I've gone through your book. It is so playful, so open, and at the same time, in a little way, unnerving. And and it's such a different point of view. And um but it somehow it opens you up. You know, that's that's the best way I can say about it. It opens you up. But tell me um about the book and, and how you got into writing this book. And are you writing it or is your spirit guide writing it? Well, indeed, it is it is not me. As you say, I'm a, a Claire audience. And that means I hear voices in my head. I've been hearing them for many, many years. And as I've meditated, over the I past, have to ask right there: How come you you know? How come you trust them, and you don't think, "Well, I might be crazy"? Because <laughs> oh. when people say, "Yeah," well, I hear voices in my head immediately. Everybody it does sound a Uh-oh. bit yeah. It does sound a bit suspect, <laughs> doesn't it? No, no, it's something which is built up over. 10, 15, 20 years, um, gradually mm-hmm. as I meditate, um, I hear more and more words. Sometimes it would be just a word and then a few words and then a sentence. And then over, say, 15 years of meditating, it, it's a process which is so natural and so easy that, uh, no, I'm, I'm certainly quite quite, uh, quite sane and grounded. But it's, um, it is quite a quite a profound um, skill. I mean, clairvoyance, they see things in their head. Um, clairaudience, they hear things in their ears. Um, that's It's just a different psychic skill. Um, clairsentient, you feel it in your body. They're all different. Uh, they're different psychic skills and they're very well known. Um, so yes, over the last few years, um, I've been writing down um, a lot of what I've heard uh, while I've been meditating. And um, gradually, uh, the the sentences have become more and more interesting. And, uh, and I've started to to write books on what I hear. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things, which is, is, inc- it's impossible, quite frankly, to describe, if you haven't experienced it yourself. So, uh, you know, that's why I've spent a lot of time writing and trying to explain really um, what it is I hear and how and how that relates to the world at large. Um, and, but I do um, have a spirit guide, yes. Yeah. And, 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 and all the information comes through the spirit guide. So what I, what I, what I certainly don't do, although I'm sure I probably could one day, is um bring auntie annie through you know or you know whatever it is that platform mediums do um they bring through ancestors don't they who who want to have a little chat with somebody um i don't do that i just bring through my spirit guide and he's talking about things which are connected to earth healing which is why um i've given the book atlantis and gaia gaia is the earth goddess and mm-hmm. uh, it's the, the the earth's healing capacity really to rejuvenate and and um 
and continue to, well, yeah, continue to recycle, I suppose, through 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 many, many generations. Um, and you talk, well, first, I was going to say, you talk about the generations, going through the generations. But um, you start your book with the illusory, illusory field, the field of illusion. Yeah. <laughs> <Illusory> <laughs> field. It is. It is. It is. There's, there's no, nothing in the, in the psychic world is straightforward. And my book reflects that very much. Um, it's it's uh, it's quite complex. It's very complicated. You simply cannot write down a beginner's guide to the psychic because it isn't. It isn't. It's it, it's it's everywhere. It's everything that we are in this world. It's everything that the universe is, and one thing leads to another. So yes, my my book very much weaves in between um, astrological signs and energies like Jupiter through to past lives, through to modern day celebrities, through to um, earth healing, such as herbs and homeopathic remedies and how everything, ley lines, everything comes together in order for um, the mother Gaia, as it were, to, to survive and move forward through uh through well through multiple generations that we've been here the atlantis aspect of the book which is profound came through as i was writing it and it 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 became more and more conclusive to me that atlantis is the beginnings of what we would call our our modern day civilization Atlant the atlantean um the atlanteans were aliens who um, came down to this earth from another planetary system, another galaxy, um, to mend the airways um, after what was evidently some catastrophic um, problem which killed the dinosaurs off. That has come through to me many, many times. Whenever I um, hear about the Atlanteans, it's always at the end of the dinosaur reign, in a sense, on Earth. So some cataclysmic um, thing happened at that point, which killed off the dinosaurs and also destroyed a lot of the airways um, within the world. And the Atlanteans came down in order to... What do you to... mean by airways? Sorry. The, the, the oxygen supplies were very low, okay. apparently. That, that's that's yeah. what happened. And uh, the the Atlanteans actually came over to um to re to restart life on earth that's the only way i can i can put it mm -hmm. um and um in my book i have um well a whole chapter on uh what i would call the the, the mythological beginnings of atlantis that's all like that's the only way i can i can put it because that's the way it came through to me um, from the spirit realms, I, I heard the story and I wrote it down, the story of Father Ish, and uh, who was one of the first Atlanteans to arrive and um, plant out all the ley lines, um, all refreshing all the seas, getting the, the oxygen supplies back in, in good order through planting rainforests and everything that starts. It's it's a wonderful story. You can take it or leave it as you like, but it has a lot of profound truths within it. And um, a lot of what I'm talking about is the healing plants um, that we should be using and not abusing on Mother Earth today. And I think everybody understands that, um, that we are raping and pillaging our way through uh, the greenery that was our birthright. So that mm -hmm. is the, the serious message behind the book. Uh, but within that, I bring in a deeply, um, well, uh, spiritual message about how it all happened, where it all came from. And it, that is actually rather fun. Um, it's lovely and it's very, very positive. Um, so that's the, the, the Atlanteans. The Atlanteans come through every aspect of our life and um and that is true of the book as well it's they, they they come into all the chapters but they certainly have one 
you know, major sort of chapter on on how it all began. Um, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. So they came down basically to save the world, but save were the world. there any yes, humans here did. at all? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't mentioned that in the book. Um, mm-hmm. so I I know what I've I've written because I'm a, a medium. I I put down what I hear. So if I hadn't asked a question, then um, at this moment in time, I couldn't give you the answer. But um, yes, there, there were apparently at least three um, attempts to land on the Earth by the Atlanteans. So they they came at least three times. And this is where, if you look at the the myths about Atlantis, they're muddled. Um, Some of them are about a a wonderfully telepathic society who who were doing a huge amount of good and and so on. Another myth is that they were scientists and uh, with nuclear bombs and all sorts of things like that. The reality, as far as I can see, if there is such a thing as reality, is that there were at least three different occasions on which they arrived on Earth, and those things happened on those different occasions. But um, the the the, uh, the Atlantean scientists um, did a lot of harm ultimately. Although on the original landing, they they came undoubtedly to save the Earth, um, and some of the myths connected to, for example, Mount Olympus. Um, go back to the Atlantean era because the Atlanteans landed on Mount Olympus, crash landed on Mount Olympus, and they were they were of huge stature. They were very different um, from the indigenous population. Um, so the, the, there was an indigenous population, a small one, and was that, an ind- that started indigenous- the myth. But there was a population here when they landed or not? And you have well, to I don't, I don't bear know. with it, me. It, I'm not that familiar it, with in which In which <laughs> landing we're talking about at the moment. Certainly there were indi- an indigenous population um, in one of the landings. And that's where the, the, the myths of the, the, the Greek gods come from, because they were superhuman. They had superhuman powers. The Atlanteans did. They did have superhuman powers. Um, they could do all sorts of things. They could teleport. They could um, telepathically communicate, which meant they were a very silent race and so on. So they had superhuman powers. And some of those um, were ultimately drawn down into the Greek myths um, later on. Mm-hmm. And into some of the religions, I think, as well. There's you know, also, like yeah, in the- with, with- when you go back into the the really ancient uh, scripts, there are all sorts of references um, to um, unusual, that's right, unusual things, um, flying spaceships in the Middle East, I think, aren't there? You know, and indeed they, they came in spaceships, you know, um, and, uh, and, and so on. So, yes, a lot of the very early, early myths um, – do go right back. The Garden of Eden, um, as I understand it from what I've been told upstairs, uh, was an Atlantean uh, concept originally, and it was based in Africa. Africa was the Garden of Eden. Um, but at some point, it moved into biblical texts, very ancient ones, and, and then it becomes a myth. I mean, no one really knows much about mm-hmm. the Garden of Eden, but... Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's fascinating. But consequently, um, there's so much information that uh, that comes through to me that uh, it's it can be quite hard to put it down in writing because there's so much, you know, that it's it's like, well, where do I stop? You know, where do I begin and where do I stop? So yeah, so the the book is very much one which we interweaves around all sorts of subject matter. And it it is kind of quite deliberately done like that to stimulate people, the reader, stimulate the reader into thinking. Um, let's say I've called it Atlantis and Gaia, which mm-hmm. is a massive subject. Um, and it's there really as a as a taster, really, to get people interested in spirituality and to think further into all these sort of concepts. It's it's there to make people wonder, really, wonder at things. Um, yeah. 
And it, it did kind of blow open my mind a bit too. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, with Alanis, um, the intelligence, uh, well, you know, we can still see it on earth, the pyramids, the, you know, things that we yes, still the, the, can't do. We the, still the, can't the explain. That's right. right. It, and nobody's worked that out, have they? Nobody's worked that no. out. No. How did on we get earth. so stupid? Let me ask back. Yeah. <laughs> what on happened earth? here? What, you know, yeah, um, why did we lose? Um, why did we lose the intelligence? Why did we lose the information? Why did yeah. we lose yeah. it all? Yeah. And we did. Cool. Yeah. You know, we yeah. definitely did. And and the Atlanteans, did they just intermingle and get dumber? Or did they pull out completely and just leave us to our own devices? And somehow, is the Atlantean in us still? Or is it, um, are we just, you know, became human, which is very different from the Atlantis, Atlanteans? Yes, yeah, I think the Atlantean civilization did, did finally, fundamentally leave. But through reincarnation, there are many, many people on Earth today who have had past lives within Atlantis, within the Atlantean culture. And one of the ones I bring up in the book is actually Jerry Anderson, who um, created the the puppet series, you know, the Stingray and the Thunderbirds and all those wonderful puppet series of the 60s. And within those puppet series, there are allusions to Atlantis, um, definitely. I mean, if you, if you think about Stingray, there's a character called Aphne and Marina, and they communicate through telepathy. Um, he's king of the seas. He's under the seas. Um, and uh, and so on. You know, there's, there's a lot of fantasy, a lot of, a lot of fantasy in sci-fi, in fact, um, does draw upon um, the psychic. It, it draws upon truths which are way beyond our imagining, but nevertheless, which are absolutely real, if, if real to the psychic world. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, Jerry Anderson, certainly one. Jules Verne, another one which I bring up in the book as well, all his wonderful journey to the center of the earth, you know, all these amazing books that he wrote are based on truth on some level, H.G. Wells, War of the Worlds, and so on. So they're worth considering in a very different light from uh, just a bloke who was who was good at writing stories, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. They all have very much a psychic um, level to them. So do you yeah, think so they I were aware of their psychic level, or do you think they thought they were just writing stories too? Oh, now that I that I have no idea because it is certainly true that there are a lot of people who are psychic who actually don't realise that they are because they've always been the way that they 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 they've they've never known anything else, and they may well imagine that they are simply great at writing fantasy stories and they don't realize that they may be drawing on something greater than themselves so not necessarily yeah they, they wouldn't necessarily know that at all um and i bring in for example um a few examples of george george harrison um and his uh, and his music which is the the influences from his past lives because he's been a musician he's been a monk He's been all sorts of um, people in in past times and how some of the music from the Beatles is undoubtedly connected to to that, not necessarily through him, but it's within his it's within his auric field. If you, if you can imagine, we all have an energy level around us. We're not just a physical body. We have energies around us. And within those energies are the human aura, are all the lifetimes, or yeah, all the lifetimes that we've ever ever lived. Now, some of those are more prominent than others, and they can be drawn upon for inspiration. So there's all sorts of yeah, I mean it's it's just a fascinating subject. And what my book is attempting to do, and I hope it will do, is really make people think. 
Um, you don't have to believe it all. You don't have to agree with it all. But I'm hoping it will be an eye-opener and something which will genu genuinely make people think about the life, life outs outside the, oh, the, the average nine-to-five day, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Our uh, little dense world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our yeah. average little <laughs> life uh, lifespan. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And and what about re reincarnation? Why are we doing this? I mean, you've, yeah, you've yeah. talked about well, it quite it, a bit. It's it it's the the progress of the soul, and this is something I mention a lot in the book. Is is the soul is bigger than us. Uh, the soul incorporates all the lifetimes that we've ever lived. And the, it is the soul that sends you back to earth in order to understand a lesson, shall we say, a lesson. You, you Ultimately, it's, it's about learning to love and moving forward on the evolutionary path to what I would call nirvana or paradise, whatever you like to call it. Um, when you get to a point where you simply don't need to come back because you've learned everything that you need to, to learn about love. But in the process, people have free will. And free will is the intellect. Free will um, incorporates things like greed and envy and, and, uh, and pride, you know, and so on. And free will will send us off our path, off our mission multiple times over. Um, I mean, look at all the people who are do unpleasant things or who rip other people off and so on and so forth. They have uh they have they they have they have moved into the materialistic world and the spiritual world is very non-materialistic. It's about love, not about how much money you have or how many possessions you have. And so when you um when you go off your mission and you go into particularly materialistic ways, um, that sets up issues which you then have to pay for because the whole universe is about balance. So you have to come back and rebalance that materialistic life with another one. You have to learn, you have to relearn uh, the, the, the true path that you should have taken, and that's called karma. So I mention a lot about karma. Um, and uh, and moving forward on your evolutionary path. And one thing I do hey, mention... Yeah, before we get into karma, I have a quick question, though. Yeah. It seems to me that at birth, children are, in a way, hardwired with the personality that they yes. arrived with. They think That's they right. arrived. They, they do, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. some of those are just, some people are just mean at the core. <laughs> some yeah. people are greed at their core. You know, yeah, I mean, they, this they, is they just like who that. they came in as. Yeah. So um, where does free will come into that? You know, when when you see the world through mean eyes or through a mean personality or a paranoid personality, you uh, know, where right. does um, free will come into that? You know, you well, arrived that way. You can you you, you arrive. I mean? You can arrive with a huge ego, and, and we see it all the time with with little toddlers. You know, some are gentle little mm. souls, and they'll give you their last penny, and others are mean as anything, and they just eat everything in the, you know, at at uh, at, the, at the birthday parties, grab it all. They're as mean as anything. Mm. Now that is something that they are quite simply born with, they're born with a huge ego. And they're often born with a mission. Uh, maybe they come with that huge ego in order to learn about humility. Um, and sometimes it's a, it's a tough road for them. They, um, through free will, they they grab everything they can. Maybe they even end up, you know, in burglary or whatever it is, and they have to learn the hard way. Uh, to be humble by going to prison or or whatever it is or or, or what about the people up? that it serves them very well and they have a very you know cushy wealthy lifestyle because they're ruthless <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yeah, of yeah. you know i mean they've been rewarded in a way for their personality which is not caring about anybody else 
I know, I know. Life, life is incredibly unfair, and uh, I think it, with those things, you really have to look at their their past lives. You have to look at the entire journey through many, many, multiple generations, multiple past lives, and see how they got to that point. And it's not, it, it's unique. It's unique to them. So you can't really come out with one rule for everyone. But there will be a reason why things happen to people. And one one thing I have noted over the years is um, with past lives is that they do connect to modern day locations, for example. So, you know, if you have a you you're you're born in a certain area today, it could be that you're connected to that in a past life or um, your holiday locations are, you know, desperate to go to one particular place and you do because you're, you're, you're journeying back to something that happened in a past life. Um, equally, you may, maybe sometimes you are allowed to um, earn. I mean, everybody, I think, wants to know the secret of Richard Branson, don't they? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Every, you know, sometimes, some people just, just hit it right every time and they have an incredibly... Mm -hmm powerful intuition about how to how to make it rich um and that comes through that that will those secrets will be available to uh those people who can um maybe like me who can go into somebody's past lives and understand them for for who they are today but um it's uh, it's but it's equally true that that at some point that has to balance out and in a future lifetime, there will be a, a rebalancing. So maybe they will um, be born in um, India, for example, if they've been ripping off, you know, poor paid workers, you know, this kind of thing. They'll be born out there to experience what it's like or, or whatever. But it does always seem very unfair that that shouldn't happen in this lifetime because then right, you, right. Well, you, you, you yeah. enjoy seeing them, you know, suffer. But it just right. simply doesn't work like that, you know. And yeah. is there any chance that they can just come in for that lifetime, as you said, to rebalance, to experience what is it like to be, let's say, if, if you know, in the last lifetime you were a ripped off worker. Well, what is yeah. it like to be the the person who rips you off? the you know the um the ruthless you know overlord or whatever that that has taken yeah. advantage of you and do yeah. we just um you know because if we're good all the time we don't and don't know what bad is how you do we know what good is you know that's right you don't you don't learn anything i mean i think there's, there's a lot of um a lot of evolution spiritual evolution um, does come from tough times because those are the times that make you think hard. Um, you know, spiritually evolving is is about um, going through tough times and, and still being able to love um, at the end of that. And that's not an easy thing to do. Um, but it also comes from meditation, from meditating. So again, in my book, I talk a lot about meditating um, because that brings through the psychic senses and it also rebalances the aura, the human aura. It removes negativity from many lifetimes and then you start to love. To love. The, uh, the heart opens up and you start to feel more for your community and for community actions. Um, so meditating does seem to be the, the best the best way forward for for humanity at large, um, in order to 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 get this this world back into a better state. Um, what kind of meditating do you do? What's your technique to meditate? Yeah, I I um I I I don't know if it's got a a, a title. I mean, I started about twelve years ago, and I, in actual fact, I found this um, little. Um, learn to meditate tape in a charity shop somewhere. And I had been told by several other psychics for years, literally about five years, you know, you really should meditate. And um, and I hadn't done it. And eventually I saw this thing. I thought, well, why not? I'll give it a go. And uh, within a week, I mean, she just, she just um, took me through the basic stages of meditation. Um, 
and within a week, it's I in was the breathing kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's about yeah. breathing and visualizing. I think uh, visualizing a light and, and 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 doing a mantra and all this kind of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and taking you into a very calm place. And within a week of of uh, using these tapes, um, uh, Patricia Carrington, I think that's the name from the nineteen seventies wonderfully calm lady i was off meditating on my own and then i was really going into a very very deep places and um and then starting to see see visions while i was meditating and so on and as i as i understand it now i started to see people in historical costumes i thought well, that was a bit weird and i was talking to a, a friend of mine who's another psychic saying why, why do you think i'm seeing this lady in 18th century costume you know and it was it was she who said, um, well, I think it's one of your past lives, you know. Oh, <laughs> and that was the first time I realized that. But actually, what what that was that was a sort of um a clairvoyant view of what was actually happening within the auric field. So as I was meditating, I was he well, I was healing the spirit realms up there were healing uh, that particular 18th century life, which um I now understand quite quite profoundly. Another interesting thing about that particular life, she was a very wealthy lady. She was wearing beautiful clothes, beautiful clothes, like a princess or something, Um, is when I was 14, uh, we went on holiday to, and we went to Versailles. And and I remember just being absolutely knocked out by Versailles. I mean, my energy just went berserk and I, I couldn't get enough of it. I was dashing around it, loving every second of being there. It was really quite profound. And I now realize um, uh, that that was the same life. That was the life that needed healing. And I had been a, a courtier of some kind at Versailles. Um, but that's where I say within the book, I talk about locations quite a lot um, and the energy from locations being very relevant. Um, that was one of the first times I I really noticed and remember uh, many, many decades now how much Versailles impacted on me. It was just like a bolt of lightning from, from nowhere, you know. Um, so, yes, that that particular life needed healing and when I started to meditate I again I say I started to see this this lady in 18th century costume evidently French 18th century costume um and uh, and so on so when you meditate um gradually over time um you become a much more positive person and um all that that negativity starts to go the, the heart opens and you start to evolve in quite a profound manner yeah. You know what? I want to take a break right now. Right. When we come back, I want to talk more about past lives, reincarnation, karma, and uh, John Lennon. <laughs> you know, oh, and some right. of the celebrities, yeah, <laughs> as well. And and also when you met your uh, your spirit guide, you know, and started to realize that you had access to all this information. But we'll yeah. be right back. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. 
To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and we're back with Diana Rose, who's an amazing clairaudient. And she has the ability to ask very direct questions of her spirit guide and get unencumbered answers. Um, and she's, we've been talking about, well, we've been talking about everything, <laughs> but I want to come back in and talk about uh, reincarnation and celebrities, because that's the most fun, isn't it? Um, the reincarnation of we of John Lennon is one of them. We can use him as an example, because wasn't that an interesting life? <laughs> so what about reincarnation? And um, do we all travel together? Like, do families get reincarnated together or groups or, you know, how yes, does we, that we, work we, and we why can. does that work? Yeah, I've been um, sort of cataloging, in a sense, my family's past lives for the last 10 years because I've seen as I've done a little bit of healing on each member of the family I have four children so I've got plenty to uh connect to work on (laughs) Um, I started to sort of write down um when I realized that they were connected to a certain century or indeed even a famous person and I, I started to realize quite how interconnected our family has been over the generations Um, So I have quite a a huge sort of personal uh, past life family tree of um, family members. And sometimes we will incarnate together. Uh, Sometimes you're a son in one life and you're a friend in the next or you're a business partner or you're a mother, you know, this kind of thing. So people kind of move around quite a lot. So, yes, most definitely. But not everybody. You'll find that it's called a soul group. We all have a soul group. Mm-hmm. And within that, there will be certain people who are important and they will they will pop up in your life either as in a direct relationship or as a, as a girlfriend or uh, maybe even a neighbor sometimes if it's a strong connection with that neighbor. And, um, uh, and so are on. they are they consistent lifetime to lifetime or would they be very important in this lifetime? And maybe no, they, take a back seat in another lifetime. Yeah, that's that's right. Some some are some will stay with you over multiple lifetimes. I mean, I now realise, for example, um, that uh, my brother and I have known each other in several lifetimes. We were both in the World World War One, for example. You know, so there, there are certain lifetimes that do uh, follow on. Um, in that lifetime, we were two men in in um in the war we weren't actually physically related but we were close friends close allies um so yes that that certainly does happen um quite a lot uh with my my grandmother um i now realize she was euripides and i was aristophanes so we were we were living at the same time two very famous playwrights and uh, and that caused a bit of a fracas with us, and uh, and so on. So yes, and did if that take... come? Did that did those personalities and those history come in, and re and play themselves out in this lifetime as well? Yeah. The, so the... the personalities are consistent from lifetime to lifetime, and some of the experiences where maybe you were competing, and now in this lifetime you're competitive. You you have a a competitor energy together yeah it can, it, it, like can be, it, it can be indeed that's right um but the um and also i think what you will find with um uh reincarnating is that it's very often your um personality your fears your phobias your quirky little ways uh the way you relate to the world they are things which come through from another lifetime and they start to, uh, you know, that, that that's those are the sort of things that you can you can almost anybody could write down. Say, well, why do I why do I respond in that way? You know, when somebody else doesn't, you know, that that kind of thing. All the all the things about you, 
um, are related to your prior lifetimes. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me about the celebrities. Yeah. You know, what, what their missions are, or you know. Yeah. Well, it, you go into it quite a bit. The the Beatles, um, for example, in the the sixties, um, their mission was to to bring love to the world, and they achieved that. My goodness, when you think about the amount of love, hysteria, and good humor that they brought to the world, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I mean, all you have to do is look at those uh, the, the the response, you know, from the audience to the Beatles. You think, what is going on here? And the answer is that they were all four of them hugely powerful entities. So they come down as they they come down as a supergroup and take the world at storm. But also within that, so the Beatles' mission was very much to 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 bring love at a time when there was the Cold War, and they achieved that. Um, but each beetle on his own will also have a separate mission too. So you can have a group mission, but you, you also have a separate mission. And for example, John Lennon, uh, his mission was to bring peace to the globe. Um, now you might think that peace and love, it's the same thing, but it, it's actually separate. It's different. And when you think about John Lennon, uh, that's exactly what he was he was doing at the, 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 the later 60s, wasn't he? He was promoting mm-hmm. peace. Peace was his message. Um, now, with with John, unfortunately, Yoko interfered with that mission to a certain extent. This is what I'm saying in the book, and she brought war into the message, and that should never have been the case. Um, she she brought a slightly different feel to what he should have achieved on his own, um, and consequently he missed out on the Nobel Peace Prize. So what I'm saying in the book is that he, that was something he he came into this world with as a given. He should have got a Nobel Peace Prize, but he didn't because Yoko knocked him slightly off course. Only slightly off course, but it was enough for it not to happen. Um, because well, she Why had- did he let Yoko into his life? Because he was attracted to her. You know, I mean, yeah. there was a, a mutual agreement there. Yeah, she was a very powerful energy in herself. And he was, he was, as far as I understand it, it was the drugs, actually. He got into LSD, cocaine, all this kind of stuff. And it simply, um, he got caught up in in her energy or she 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 sort of or she was sort of latched onto him in a way and then knocked him off course these things happen they happen every day they happen all the time to all of us um a lot of missions will go awry because of free will or because of something like drug taking where you're just you're not the person you were meant to be you know mm-hmm. um and um, why would we do that, though, if we come in with the mission, let's say John Lennon comes in with the mission. Um, and obviously he's a he's a much more sophisticated spirit, you know, more experienced spirit. Why would he knock himself off off point? He has free will. He also had a miserable childhood and. What I say again in the book is that his heart shut down. He was born a very, very psychic man, a very psychic child indeed. But when his dad left home at the age of three or whatever it was, his heart shut down and then he became an atheist. And then, um, although he still had that mission and he, you know, very much he, he challenged society about peace, the heart was no longer as it should have been because it was shut down in early childhood. Um, and uh, Cynthia was not able to keep him on course. And um, Yoko latched onto him. And one way or another, that, that mission that should have sailed forward and and reached uh, an ultimate end with the Pope Peace Prize, simply founded um, mm-hmm. through uh, misfortune, really. Um, so, we, and, and that is, 
so often the case, you know, the heart at the, the end of the yeah. day, the heart is a very um, tender, um, you know, part of us. And if we have a terrible shock or a grief, it can shut down, you know. And that's, but don't we know before we get here, don't we pick in a way the family we're going to have and don't, as a spirit, don't we kind of know what's coming? You know, don't we put ourselves in the position to have the experience that we end up having, like yeah, his father yeah, yeah. leaving, you know, yeah. did um, as well, a spirit, I, you I, know, setting it up, know. did he not know <laughs> well, that maybe, that was going to happen? Maybe that was set up, but he wasn't strong enough. The heart wasn't strong yeah. enough to survive it. You know, I mean, yeah. so often um, you you either, when you have a, a major trauma, you either grow from it or you shut down. And, you know, that's within our sort of, that's, it, it, it's, it's and, within. And so our it was our, his ability really to yeah. to activate what he needed from that. Yeah. And he, and yeah. he just shut down. He overestimated his abilities. And that's absolutely true. I mean, sometimes you incarnate and it's very easy, I think, when you're up there in the spirit world to have a grand mission, think, yeah, I can handle this. And you get down yeah. here onto planet Earth and it's not that simple. And you you simply just can't do it. You know, you your 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 standards were too high, you know, when you yeah, when, yeah. You, uh, when you made I've that. Gotten that I've gotten that idea too that we underestimate the impact of emotion. Yeah, that's we right. Underestimate yeah. it. Yeah. 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 yeah In fact, that used to be my prayer, you know, um, really before I got into all this to say basically, um, you know, we didn't know how intense emotion is. Yeah. And I need cash. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's you know, right. those were my yes. two things. We <laughs> underestimated emotion and I need cash. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can't just make it, you know. But yeah. No. Um yeah. and and celebrities. So celebrities will come in with why are they celebrities? Why did they come in to be celebrities? Why are they celebrities? Yeah, the the uh, celebrity celebrities. They wouldn't be celebrities most of the time unless they had a huge amount of power in the auric field. I mean, most of us simply can't do that. Um, you know, certain people, they just come in and and it's so easy for them to be famous in a way. They have they have all the characteristics, all the strength to achieve that. Um, now, that's called And then power. the luck, too. It goes that way. Yeah, of yeah, sometimes I mean, also, but also doors simply open for certain people. That's and that's what I mean by luck, you know, is it's where just, you've got yeah. a mission and you're meant mm -hmm. to be there. Uh, the doors will simply yeah. open up wide, and you get there. I mean, you look at Fred Astaire, for example, as another example of a of a healer uh, through his tap dancing. Um, he, if you look at his life, it the doors just simply opened again and again and again. He went straight into mm -hmm. Hollywood, you know. Um, that's yeah. an example of where you have to think, well, either that was incredibly good luck or it was meant to be, you know. I think or both, or the, they're both the same thing. Yeah, he, he incarnated. It <laughs> might be the same thing, yeah. With the, um, with the healing ability to be in Hollywood, produce those wonderful glamorous films of the 30s to cheer everybody up a lot of a lot of celebrities um are here to cheer us up um the world's tough you know and mm -hmm. uh they they come with that or for example you take um um angelina jolie you know again she's here with a, a great humanitarian mission you know it's a wonderful woman and she's done a phenomenal amount of good through not only through her acting skills but through her humanitarian work um again you know a very powerful being so these people who have a huge amount of power are highly evolved souls um that's 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 where power comes from it comes from evolutionary worth it's, it's called evolutionary power um and uh, so yes celebrities are special they are important and uh, and they're here to love. They're here to here to promote love in in whatever way mm -hmm. they can. I mean, there are always going to be the odd sort of oddball that that doesn't do that. 
but um, because we have free will and materialism can can sort of knock you off course. But fundamentally, yeah. that's that's why they're here. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know what? Um, I want to get to Gaia, um, uh, and because you you talk quite a bit about Mother Earth and and what we're doing and what Mar Mother Earth is doing. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to get to that too before we're done. So we are, we have beaten up Earth pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Been, you know, been, and and been we actually right. were winning up until kind of yeah. recently. And now things, you know, the tide, so to speak, has turned. Yeah. Um, so what's going on with uh, with Gaia, you know, which which is a very big part of your book? Yeah, the, the, the big corporate energy, in, industries, really, which have destroyed mm -hmm. so much of it. And, of course, they are materialistic. And and what I'm saying is that is that Gaia can fight back, and she does. Um, you know, the, the, the Earth is a, a, a living energy. It's a living entity, and uh, it will survive. Um, the the Earth, the Gaia, will survive at any cost, um, and nothing the the scientists or the uh, the, the the corporate um, um, people can do will destroy it. It will never be destroyed, um, which is is the good message. Really, um, it won't. It will survive, and we all have a um, the plants have a healing capacity. It's, it's extraordinary, actually, um, how healing. The herbs and the flowers are out there. Um, they they can do so much good for people if only they realised they were there. You know, we're so caught up really with the the the, the sort of um, the the pharmaceutical way of doing things with with chemical drugs that mm -hmm. um, most people simply don't realise that uh, simple herbs can be very potent indeed. So yes, I do have a section on on um, herbal healing. Um, I want to take the but, example of asthma. You know, as wonderful, and I am fascinated by what do they call it? The synchronicity of herbs, where let's say if you have an illness or something, these herbs will kind of pop up to to be there for you. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of herbalists talk about this, which is amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, when we as a human species knew. Gaia very well, which we don't now. We've we've removed ourselves pretty much. But when we knew the herbs and the earth and, and all of it very, very well, mm. we didn't have a very long lifespan. <laughs> mm. It was really when penicillin came in or antibiotics came in that our lifespan became much longer. Yeah. So we're, you know, we'll talk about the herbs and how supportive they are. Mm. Yeah. And and maybe we don't have the knowledge to, you know, have picked the the more powerful herbs. But herbs yeah. to me seem very tonic and very um gentle. They are. But when they are you're gentle. really sick, when you're really sick, it, it's you know, the the chemicals. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. When, when, when you're when you're that ill, obviously that's what you need. You need to go to your doctor and, and sort him out. I think really what I'm what I'm saying with um, Mother Nature is that if we took on a um, a regular basis, shall we say, um, healing and healing herbs and um, homeopathic remedies, mm -hmm. we wouldn't get so ill, and then you wouldn't have to rush off, um, right, and, to go uh, for the extreme, for your antibiotics yeah. or whatever it is that's at that extreme uh, moment later on, because it, they simply they simply would keep you in good a good state. So that those mm -hmm. those um, those big big concerns, you know, well, you know, illnesses later on simply wouldn't occur. So it's yeah. all about keeping keeping well, really, uh, holistic health, uh, keeping in, mm -hmm. and it's about being in balance. I mean, it's the same old thing as karma and everything else. Is the whole world and the universe is about balance. If we keep our bodies in balance through, you know, regularly um, taking sort of holistic medicine and all this kind of stuff um we simply wouldn't get that ill 
I mean, sometimes, you know, the, the car crash or whatever, of course, you know, you, and you rush to hospital and it's the best thing that could ever happen to you. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of illness which could be um, actually um, uh, just just you know just wouldn't happen if if we looked after that aspect uh, better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you say that Gaia will survive. Yeah. But will we survive? <laughs> no, we survive. I hope we will. I hope. Your mom's hoping it too. <laughs> the, the only um, sort of uh, sort of caveat on that is that we have free will. Uh, that's the problem. But what I but I also do say is that there are certain people. Uh, nuclear war is absolutely a no no. That will never occur, and. That the, I hope it, there so. was there are certain I hope people, it will never occur. The spiritual community upstairs do have an eye on danger down here, and they will take out certain people if they're going to be a major problem. You know, accidents happen and people die, and some of that is actually to do with. Uh, who's upstairs watching so that there is there is an element of care which comes through but fundamentally um the spirit world watches but doesn't interfere unless you ask for interference you ask for healing and then they will step forward but they cannot step forward and help you unless you unless you ask for it so unless you're aware that that's a possibility you don't get help particularly um, from the spirit world, you're here to learn your lessons, and also you have free will to do that with. Um, and um, but if you do ask, they will step forward. This is this is the interesting thing. Um, yeah. well, that's a great thing to end on because we've come to time. Oh, right. <laughs> lovely! And I want to make sure I know it's fast, right? Um, and I want to make sure people know where to get hold of you and where to get hold of your book. Ah, now the book is called Atlantis and Gaia, and it comes out on the 26th of May on Amazon. 2023, because uh, this can be out there, you know, for a long time. So right. <laughs> okay. I always put the year with it. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> 20, 20, oh, yeah, 26th of May, 2023. That's right. So yeah. it's, it's, it's available <laughs> very soon, within the next few days, really. And um, it's also on Kindle and uh barnes and noble and uh the website is obooks uh obooks.com which is my my okay, publishing great. company and, and where can and they I, get hold of you if they'd like to work with you or yes you know, i um, i have a website question. called rutlandhealing.co.uk uh, and uh, or if you google me it's diana mary rose um psychic author uh which i have uh, but but rutlandhealing.co.uk is the website yes and uh okay, great. consultations and chats and i i will do research into past lives and all sorts of things yeah so yeah and we didn't get into the fact that you're an archivist did yes, i say right. that right yeah yes. that you are a researcher and this is your natural and you've been trained in it it's my natural habitat. That's right. I've been yes. a, I've an archivist looking after ancient manuscripts for 10 years. So I'm, I'm used to working on my own. I'm used to being very pedantic about detail and mm -hmm. also going into records in, in extreme detail. So that it, it suits me very nicely. I've just moved from tracing. I used to professionally trace people's family trees for them. Now I trace people's past lives for them. So anyway, there is a yeah. sort of like, there's a, a sort of, you know. Um, and do you put them on family trees with the soul groups too? Do you do that? I, I could do. <laughs> I could do. I mean, that would be so interesting to do that. I know. Wouldn't it be? Yeah. And how are these people oh, in your life? Yeah. yeah. It's just so fascinating, fascinating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for being on the show. I've really enjoyed it. Right. It's been well, great. And thank it is much. a mind opening. So, you know, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.